that was satisfying. Ooh, uh, oh. I'm dripping. Yeah, yeah. Dripping with swag, dog. Um, <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever this podcast of the Exhibition of Speed podcast may find you. Um, I don't have any headphones in. Justin, how am I sounding? You sound fantastic. Sick. Um, I was just cracking open a um, a bucked up energy, courtesy of our good buddy and uh, assistant Jaden. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, bucked up sponsorship, please. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, as you said earlier, Justin, Ken Block sponsored by Monster. Why can't we just get a energy drink sponsorship? Aren't we the same? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> we're, we're we're totally the Hoonigan Media Machine. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. No, uh, that's a joke. Yes. Um, we just finished. What was effectively? We, we a, finished. We, oh well, yes. And what was <laughs> what was effectively a four year long finish? So it was a. It, we'll call it it's, video it's, blue it's, balls. It's been. We have had automotive media blue balls. We've been we've been um, climbing and climbing and climbing, and we've finally hit. Uh, yeah, we, we, we definitely... Mm. Anyways, <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> we finally finished something. So, it, yeah, we, we finish things a, a few times a year, mm-hmm. um, which is something that's actually due to change uh, in the coming weeks. But this video is one that was four years in the making. It This video, we've talked about it before. It is a Comparo video, a shootout, if you will, kind of. I mean... You go. You walk away with the preference. I walk away with the preference. But yep. Uh, Rossi on Q1 and Porsche 930. We're, we keep calling it a 930 Turbo. It's not a factory one. It's a backdate car. It's kind of a Frankenstein, really. Which yeah. you know, it is spooky season, so I guess that works. It it, it works. Um, but we've tried to film this Rossi on Q1. This is now the third project we've tried to shoot with it. Once in 2018. Once in 2019. And then the pandemic happened in 2020, and also the thing that happened in 2019 uh, made it a setback, which the pandemic absolutely did not help with. And then also other people um, outside of us uh, making it rather difficult for any kind of progress to be made on that car's repairs. Um, Repairs that were needed were not due to anything that we had to do with. Yep. Um, But it's been a long time coming. (laughs) And the car was finally done. Like, it was down for almost two years during the entirety of the pandemic, effectively. Pretty much. And uh, finally was done, as far as its mechanical reparations, in 2021. But then... Do you want to go over that again, by the way, for those that haven't heard? Yeah, the the TLDR is in 2018, we we shot it once, and we just didn't get, like, the actual film portion of it done. And, and it had a couple other little issues, but nothing that prevented it from being... Fully well, I flat bottomed four tires, which made it not great to drive. Yeah. But I flat bottomed four tires because um, boost happened um, kind of unexpectedly in the middle of a corner. Yeah. Where uh, luckily nothing else was damaged. Um, I didn't touch anything else. I just left a, some pretty dark skid marks on the road and some pretty dark skid marks in my pants. And um. So the reason why that happened is because, Justin, the car in question, the Rossian, uh, was very primitive in the way that certain things were designed, namely tuning. Namely, it basically just had tr- turbo strapped on 
for dear life with no way to adequately control them from factory uh no way to control fuel ratios knock anything going on in the engine and so therefore when you have a bad recipe of 10 year old tires plus that right and it not being predictable about when the boost comes on <laughs> it just happens so that that kind of happened we finished that um and then get to 2019 when we decided, okay, we're going to finish this. We're going to redo it. We reschedule with the owner. Get it out there. Owner is still cool with us, by the way. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like, he still likes us. He's, like, down to let us shoot the car again. He's an amazing dude. Thank and he um, shows up. The car has a little bit of a tick. But at that point, it really does just sound like a little valve tick. It's like, whatever. Possibly an exhaust manifold leak. Who knows? Uh, nothing major at the beginning of the morning. And a, a few hours into filming... I notice it's starting to get a little bit louder and a little bit worse. And we make, I noticed it too. Yeah. And, and we make the executive decision. Like, well, oh. I felt uncomfortable with getting on it to begin with because when the owner of a, of a low-volume, uh, very exclusive car that is also incredibly high-strung tells you there's a tick. Yeah. But he also gave the uh, asterisk of drive it like he normally would anyway, ignore it, it's going to be fine. Yep. I was still... Even though I might not have looked like I was on edge, there was still some dialogue in the back of like, should I still be doing this kind of thing? Yeah. Which and, I kind of ignored. And honestly, that's fair. That tick really could have been anything, uh, to be honest, sure. at, at the beginning. Um, but as we noticed, it got worse. We made a call to like, okay, let's try to ferry the car home. We're up, He's about, at that point, he was about an hour and a half away from home. Yeah. So we start making our way back home and on the freeway, it uh, finally goes kaput. Well, we, we called it early We were mm-hmm. because it, the tick was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, and that's why I said we uh, started making the hour and a half trek home. Right. You yeah. know, and it, it uh, about 30 minutes into that, it called it called it quits and spun a bearing. Mm-hmm. Um, Poof. Yes. So we helped him get a tow truck. My house was only about 20 minutes from where it broke down. Right. So we just decided, okay... Um, until he can figure out where the best place to drop the car off is, because again, this is like a car that doesn't have a shop you can send it to. We'll just drop it. I have a garage. We can just drop it at my house. So it lived in my house for about two months. And how did that feel? It was awesome. Just go <laughs> walk out anytime and just look at it. Um, and he got in touch with the insurance and a bunch of other things. It went to a first shop, and I kind of helped it get there, made sure it got there safely. First shop said, oh, yeah, 10 grand just to tear apart the motor. That's not fix it. That's 10 grand just to figure out what went wrong. Just to look at it. And so, obviously, the owner said, screw that. That's ridiculous in every way. Yeah. Um, it then went to another shop um, where they had the initial pull the engine out, pull everything apart, figure out what went wrong, found out. That's when we found out that it spanned a bearing and went through the lengthy process of that point um, of trying to figure out many different things at once. So number one, um, these components aren't off the shelf. We have to have a couple of them more or less custom made. Wait, you can't just like walk into a Napa and, and buy parts for <laughs> Rossian. <laughs> um, actually, funny thing, you really can't because even the state of Utah, as I've mentioned before, he had to like input it into the database because it's not just a regular car they can right. look up on a list what kind of kit car is this exactly um so they basically compiled a parts list at that shop but it went to a different shop to actually assemble the engine and do stuff in the process of that the clutch got lost so they had to have a custom-made clutch that was kind got of got lost yeah <laughs> that was kind of the first thing that happened and that was it was about this six month gap of like where's the clutch and nobody ever found it mm-hmm. and getting custom forged pistons and rods and all these other components together to start reassembling this car and in the process at shop number two um it had the windows left down it was parked out in a field 
it was backed into um, many other delays associated with it, just like miscommunication, saying it'll get done, and then it doesn't. Tons of shit happened, and I'm really just going to breeze over this because it's, it's an absolute clusterfuck. Um, how yeah. much Jason dealt with trying to figure out is my car going to be ready in 2020? Spoiler alert, it wasn't. Yeah, and like the thing, you have to put so much trust in a mechanic. Like when you hand over a car, you are trusting mm -hmm. that the car will be taken care of while it's in the care of somebody else. Yep. And get worked on. It will. It'll be productive. And you will get your car back from that person. That is the expectation when you hand over the keys. Yep. Guess and what? Didn't, didn't fucking happen. happen. And so at this point, like where, you know, he was about a year and a half into this incident and had like, okay, more or less assembled the majority of the parts, but did not have, uh, it basically wasn't together. Mm -hmm. Like the parts were all there, but it's it, kind was, of in shambles. It, it was in shambles, partially there. So it got dragged off to a third shop. Oh, sorry, fourth shop actually at this point to get assembly done, get the you know, and that's when they actually figured out the clutch was missing after all of these moves, right? And so that's when they got a clutch made. And the, cl the custom clutch, though, is fantastic, it's great. I mean, it sucks it, that it had to happen that way, but man, is the outcome you know quite lovely. It's about the best balance of it, it grabs fast, but it's exactly as you expect, yeah, it's lovely. Um. Car finally gets together at that point, and this is early 2021 at this point. So we're almost two years into this, but the car's physically more or less together in one piece, but with some of these new tweaks and some cam tweaks and all these other things that have gone on, it needs a tune at this point to run properly. Mm -hmm. And he also wanted to add, at, at that point, he was also toying with the idea of changing out the turbos and a bunch of other stuff, but he settled on, okay, let's just get a custom tune done, add traction control, add knock sensors, make it so it can actually function properly. Right. So then it goes off to a fifth shop, which is the tuning shop. Jesus. Um, well, the fifth is, is that JR? <laughs> mm -hmm. The fifth is JR, who's okay. a, a really well-renowned local tuner. Oh, yeah. He tunes uh, a bunch of like Supras and like RX-7s and uh, R32 GTRs and stuff. And he's also tuned uh, that guy with the ultimate. Or yeah. sorry, the the Ultima. Um, so the, did he call it a GS? He called it, it a G12. A G12. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Um, for those that are in the Utah area that have been to say Park City Cars and Coffee, he also went on Cars for Kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. you took that on Cars for Kids. That's crazy. Um, wow. it's a two JZ uh Ultima that was making what twelve hundred horse. Yeah. And what was actually quite interesting, and you can see this if you've seen the car, um, the turbo is mounted in a place, and it's mounted in a way that it's actually a hot swappable turbo. With with two V-bands, so you can just undo yeah. a couple lines, undo a couple clamps, throw a street or a race turbo on, and call it good. Yeah, which cool. is awesome. Crazy. Yeah. So it ends up at, uh, car finally ends up at his shop. He develops a custom tune for it. There's a couple months back and forth of tweaking and tuning and engine break-in. Yeah. Quite a bit, but... Finally, in uh, late 2021 at this point, to the point where Jason's like, eh, I'm not going to be driving it much anymore because it's basically winter, um, the car is actually ready. Right. But, you know, at that point, we probably weren't going to be able to schedule something. So he's basically like, okay, cool, break-in's done. I'm going to take it to like two shows this year, put it away for the winter. Mm -hmm. On the way to the first show. The first show. The first show. 
Yeah, yeah like the first on show. On the way. Off, yeah, after, keep in mind, this is already after getting it repaired from the incident at shop number three, where it was slightly backed into and and had a little incident with the tow Cracked truck. Cracked a, a lens for the headlight, right? And the front clam a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, so it had already just been repaired from the body shop in the middle of all this as well. Um, he's on the way to the show and a lady in front of him pulls off to the right like she's going to pull over and then immediately turns left to make a u-turn and he lightly t-bones her yeah which um him being the nice person he is he's like i got out i was pissed and then the second i saw she had a kid i was like okay yeah is everybody okay yeah um reel it in so but got all that done that was another like four month fight to get the car redone and insurance and all, all the normal things you deal with in a car accident times by about three or four because this is you know you can you imagine calling your insurance hey I just I got I accidentally hit a Rossian a what excuse me what's that yeah that sounds expensive yes it is. yes it is because <laughs> it's fiberglass and bespoke um that finally gets done and we finally touch base the car's functioning in early this year and we know it's like on the ground and functional and we're like okay after three years at this point yeah from inception of the bearing spinning to now after two body shop visits five different shop visits a custom tune and god knows timbuktu amount of money time and custom parts the car's finally broken in and moving and in one piece and it's in great shape now Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, like day one, when we, uh, so we formulated the idea for this project and included the Porsche because the, both of these cars were both relatively the same way, sort of the same power, really manually driven, scary cars. Yeah. Well, and engines in places that you normally don't expect engines to be. Mm-hmm. One of which being more conventional than the other, but the other one, yeah, Porsche 911 being a, an, an air-cooled 911 yeah. with it being an older car is further out the rear than, say, a 992. Yes. So it's a bit more of a handful in order to you know get it around the corner safely. Mm-hmm. So we formulate this idea and we meet up on day one which is Porsche. We go through all that. It goes great. The car runs great. And like, it's really enjoyable. We still have our typical GoPro issues. Yeah. Typical GoPro issues dealing with normal issues that we deal with, but overall shoot goes good. Yeah. Day two was like, okay, we're meeting up finally for this car. We're going to get it fucking done. (laughs) And we didn't at that point, although we knew all of all the stuff that I just relayed and what the car had been through, we didn't know what the end result of that was. Right. Because so much has now changed. It's not like, oh, I put some coilovers on, or, oh, I just adjusted my suspension, or, oh, I got new tires, or, hey, check out these new brake pads I did. Like, it's a whole new experience, new clutch. I mean, the engine's been rebuilt. Uh, the turbos are the exi- or the previous turbos, but, um, I mean, it actually has traction control now that we we never touched it. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it stayed on the entire time, and it worked fine, I guess. I never saw a light come on or anything, but... Yeah, it seemed to work fine. And then, oh, yeah, two other things I forgot to mention. It got new brakes in the middle of all this as well, because they're happened brakes to be... Brakes were good. Because yeah. they happened to be a set laying around that he happened to buy, mm-hmm. and the steering rack got snapped in the incident where he T-boned the lady. Mm-hmm. So that also got replaced. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... But then, also, later, the screws... You said the, the bolts for that started to back out recently, like when we had the car like when we were on our shoot so it was yeah. actively still trying to kill itself <laughs> um anyways so 
after all of this is said and done, when the car's effectively a completely different car underneath. Yeah. Oh, and a spoiler got added on the rear, which is a, a pretty cool, like a fully adjustable, I was, actual legit spoiler. I mentioned this on the podcast before, I think, but I was worried about how it was going to look. And it, so we saw it today and it looked the business. It's it, great. It fortunately he chose well. Yeah. Carbon spoiler that's paint, that's paint matched as well. Mm-hmm. So it looks great. Yeah. I think I can speak for the both of us when I say that, thank God, we weren't let down. Like that, the car. No, no, we weren't. The transformate. That car had a character arc of a transformation mm-hmm. because, um, and you'll see this in the video. Um, I I go into a little more detail about like how I felt. It felt like the car grew up, still crazy, but like it actually learned things and it functioned the way you would do it, albeit still scary. And it it was such a huge difference from time one to time two, even though the car technically is the same, same displacement. Time two to time three. Time two to time three. Even though the car was technically the same displacement engine and all these other things. Right. Like Uh, like on paper, it's a fairly similar car, but it felt completely different. And I mean, it sold me on the car even more. And I think it even sold you a lot more on than the initial times. I mean, you actually, sorry to cut you off, but uh, the first time I drove it, it, you know, scared the shit out of me because it did try to like bite me. Yeah. Like legitimately. Um, I drove it the second time, um, you know, back in 2019 and I was tedious and anxious about the car, um, just because of how fast it was. And like, we were in East Canyon, like, fuck, how, like, are we going to be able to get the potential that we need out of this car? Yeah. And, uh, I recorded my own little bit, uh, with Justin riding side saddle, um it's not part of like the the big video that we're doing um we'll post it like maybe in a week or something after just as like a post promo Mm -hmm. but um you and i both grew up as people in between the first time that we drove it and now whether it be personal stuff with our own lives with the pandemic with work stuff with relationships um all of that home ownership the, like, the channel in general the channel in general monetizing we have to start a business for that and do go through set up this podcast even and you know all this other stuff um so the with the transformation of the car kind of almost aligning with our own personal transformations and our own growing up uh reflected def like well it, it reflected uh, the words is tough uh it reflected very clearly to me uh in the moment yeah. And I felt like I appreciated the car more now than I did back four years ago um, f- for both seeing what the car had gone through and also what I've gone through as well. Um, and what the car can actually do, because before it was like, yeah, we're, we're, oh, we're way better drivers now than we were. Yeah. And back then it was hard to even tell what the car was capable of because of how many combination of issues and just how twitchy and unpredictable it was i kind of want to drive it through east canyon again though yeah like next year mm-hmm. um for and if jason wants to do that you know as another like form of redemption or like just to hang out yeah you know we don't need to have cameras present but no because um, I, I do think we'd have a lot better experience on that road now that it is the way it is cascade no i'm talking east canyon oh yeah yeah um i mean there are places where we've grown to know like Okay, don't take that line because yeah. there's a, there, there's actually a, a, a corner in East Canyon that you and I endearingly called Rossi on Jump. 
<laughs> yeah, there's a little dip on the... It's uh, at, at an apex. Yep, and that's going uh, westward on the road, so mm-hmm. inwards towards Downhill the mountain. Downhill towards uh, Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a decent enough bump that a car like that, um, mm-hmm. it upsets the car. Mm-hmm. Yep. But and, hey, I mean, at least the tires aren't 10 years old. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, you know, you can actually count on the rubber sticking to the ground. That was the other thing about, like, why the car spun out, like... Sure, if it had new tires at the time that we drove it first, but the ECU was still like you know stupid, then yeah. like it might have might have had the same result. But um, yeah, the tires were a decade old when I drove it, and I didn't know that going into it. I mean, this is why we also need to always check cars when we get them. Of like, okay, you know how how are the brakes? Like, ask the owner, like how are the brakes? How are the tires? Yep. What was the last time you got you know uh, your fluid flushed? Like that kind of thing. Like we need, we do need to be thorough and ask questions because you know we're put, we're taking our lives and other people's lives into our own hands yeah. and into the hands of the owners of these cars. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a, it is a very serious thing. But um, the car rules. Um, the Porsche was awesome too. Yeah. Um, I got to while under the my caretaking of the 930, uh, got to drive my dad uh, in our neighborhood, uh, which was really cool because I remember hearing the mostly you know very similar sounds and um everything about you know riding about an old air-cooled car in the side seat but driving and but with my dad you know um the person who drove me around when i was a kid uh in a porsche in a port in in a very similar kind of car like going and taking our golf trips that we would like we would go down to moab in the heat of the summer in a 964 um I think a lot of people now will be like, oh, will you take an air-cooled car like when it's like 105 degrees in the desert, like hours from home? Like, yeah, why not? Because And it worked fine. Like, those cars worked great. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, dad taking me to school or picking me up from school or, um, you know, going on, you know, dinner uh, drives like from Park City down to Salt Lake. Like, I'd ride in the back. My mom would be up front. My dad would be driving. And we'd go, I don't know, to like... Uh, I don't know, just some restaurants in Salt Lake. You know, I, I remember those things. Um, there's a core reason why I'm into cars in the first place. So to have kind of, uh, you know, flip the tables a bit or the, how the turntables, you know. Yep. <laughs> Words of stuff. I, I'm kind of tired. I'm recouping from with an energy drink. So please forgive me. But uh, yeah, it was just so much more validation than I could have ever, you know, imagined. So um Thank you to the owner of that as well. I mean, same owner that provided us with um, a minty, minty black NSX, black ninety two NSX. So yeah, um, that was pretty cool too. I know getting well and getting <laughs> to see like the extent of his collection because he does have quite a collection, and that's a, that's a good breadth. Like you go from a backdate nine thirty quote unquote turbo to a ninety one NSX. Like. He also has uh, a replica <clears throat> Eleanor and another. He has a, an end of run 3.2 Carrera, so it's an 89, but yep. it still has the five speed G50 gearbox. It's guards red. It has the turbo tail. It's the business. And I've driven he, it before, and it's great. And then he has a couple BMWs. Um, he has his. Uh, he has one BMW. He d- oh, is this just one? He, oh, he has a BMW motorcycle. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, but he, yeah, he has an F80 M3 with a stick, which is cool. Uh, what else does he have? Does he still have that Golf R? Does he still yes. Have Mark 6 Golf R. Boxster. Boxster, yeah. Uh, limited edition Boxster, which is cool, too. Anyways, we don't need to completely give away all that stuff. but Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm tired, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we just got this done. So, 
uh, the, the shoot that we just did today on the 29th of October was a reshoot due to um, some camera issues. Which, Mental difficulties. Yeah, which, <laughs> I mean... It, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the fall for this one. Um, as per usual, I'm, you know, a director of photography mm-hmm. for us. And uh, the way that I set cameras up and the way I set our cars up, um, it was not conducive to the best visual uh, aids and so uh, we didn't really realize that until we had already filmed everything and returned the cars to their respective owners. And we got back here and we looked at it and we're like, oh, fuck. It looked great for the cars, but basically when you're trying to have... It looked great for the cars by themselves. Yeah, but when you try to have... Uh, it gets really difficult when you try to have cars, one, two, three, however many, and then people. You now have not just one subject, you have three a minimum and, three and, and multiple people too because if we had like one person standing next to one car that's easy you can have one camera shot oh yeah done mm-hmm. but um when there's three cameras two people standing next to two cars we're b- backed into a corner of a parking lot you know on one of the craziest days of the year to be in that canyon we didn't have a whole ton of options <laughs> that was our options but and- but luckily, um, kind of like the rest of the film, too, with like waiting the four years to drive the Rossi on again, mm-hmm. uh, or I guess three years, um, when we went to go shoot today, well, actually, no, let, let me re- re- rewind this. When we shot the round table the first time, it looked like it was April because there were the, none of those leaves had changed or had fallen or anything. They were still like pretty lush and green, which is weird for like the third week of September. You'd think that like they would have changed already. Well, and I think I know why. So elevation is one of them. It's el- elevation is the biggest one because yeah. up, you know, things change from top to bottom on the mountains mm-hmm. due to temp- elevation, temperature, and stuff like that. Yeah. And down at the bottom here, next to a creek, you know, it's still relatively stable in temperature. A lot of water uh, running through like the soil and stuff mm-hmm. when getting into roots, so the leaves hadn't changed yet. Uh, fast forward to what? Five weeks later now? Has it really been five weeks? No, it's uh three weeks. Cause three weeks? yeah, um, oh, it was October. It was like October second. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So three weeks later, um, the leaves had fallen, but like they had fallen exactly in the same positions that we would have the cars in. <laughs> so they were all on the ground. So like these beautiful yellow aspen leaves, they were just like scattered. Like you know, some set designer had done it for us already. Set designer being Mother Nature, of course. Yeah. So um, that was pretty surreal to be able to like go back and do it again and do it proper. And for some reason, you and I were both in like in a really good groove for presenting, and uh, we didn't feel rushed. We got we didn't feel rushed, but got out early. Yeah. So like sometimes when you're on shoots, uh, it can go both ways. You either feel like oh my god, time is dragging, or oh my god, where did all the time go? Both exactly. both happen all the time, so you kind of have to constantly pay attention to time to have a relative. You do. And when we filmed this last time, fortunately, I we did already have an idea that it probably would be fairly quick when we filmed the round table the first time, because it was only about two, two and a half hours, and that was with having to move once to like let somebody out of a parking stall where one of our cameras was set up. But then that also screwed up the shot. Because we didn't quite set it back the way it was. Or that we thought it was. And so, you know, we arrived at this parking lot at 9, and we're done packing up, and almost packed up by 10.45. And Which we're is able, nuts. And we were able to shoot the ship for like a half hour with a, a dude that showed up, talked about the cars, and, you know, with the owners. And yeah. So... Um, that was really nice because then the goal was is to get this video out on Halloween. That's part of the the joke of this video, as you will right. see, because yeah. the video will actually launch the day before this podcast does. Um, the podcast actually, f- 
fuck. This is this podcast is going live on Halloween. Yes. So this video, the point of this video is trying to get it out <laughs> by Halloween. Even, like, put two and two together. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And so we're trying to. We wanted to still hit that deadline at any way possible, and we had right. a weekend to do it. Um, yeah. But getting done as early as we did, and being able to just get the cars back, get everything there, and um, the fact that we were able to just pick up one of the cars. Um, the Porsche was actually supposed to be getting worked on. Um, oh yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like that's a whole thing. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, okay, so the thing about the Porsche, um, to, especially more towards the end of this project, uh, I mean, so this gearbox is from 1977. I don't know if the synchros are original. I don't know how much of this transmission is original. Um, the synchros are. Mm, They've become less and less happy. They're period correct. We'll put it that way. <laughs> sure. Um, excuse my burp. That's not very good radio, but yes. Um, so it's not that I the car is undrivable because you can use it as a personal transportation pod. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I got stuck in a bunch of rush, rush hour uh, yesterday afternoon because... I picked the car. I picked the car up at Morris Brothers, which is uh, an air-cooled, mostly air-cooled Volkswagen and Porsche uh, shop mechanic shop in Murray, like the south end of Murray, like almost Sandy. Um, picked the car up there, drove up to the camera rental place where I picked up a couple tripods and a lens. Realized I didn't have my wallet. Nor, I mean, I wasn't gonna pay for the stuff anyway uh, because I don't have to do that upon pickup. I can do that upon drop off mm -hmm. that's been the norm anyways um i picked the stuff up realized shit i don't have my wallet it's in my fiesta which is at morris brothers <laughs> so i drove like this is in the late after or early afternoon sorry late afternoon um when like rush hour is happening so i already got stuck in rush hour trying to get out of morris brothers and got stuck in, stuck in traffic trying to get into downtown salt lake then had to leave downtown salt lake to get stuck in more traffic on the freeway going south and also by Morris Brothers, pick up my wallet, then get stuck in more rush hour when I got back on the freeway again, and also when I got back into downtown <laughs> to go home. <laughs> it's like it was like an hour and a half of like I I actually felt like I was in California. I actually did. Yeah, um, which was kind of stressful for, considering uh, all three pedals are floor mounted, clutches not like heavy heavy, but like it's not my Fiesta. It's not the easiest. <laughs> no. Um, so. My, my left leg definitely got a workout yesterday. Um, but so the synchros, uh, when I drop the car off on Monday, however, I'm going to do that. I think I'm driving it to work, actually. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, when the car gets dropped off, I'll just they're, they're just going to take care of all the synchros. They might even do a clutch. Um, yeah. I think the owner mentioned something about a clutch. Um but <sighs> I mean that almost put us in a position where we didn't know if the car was going to be under the knife. Oh yeah, yet. we we didn't know or uh, or not. And uh, I was actually the owner of the car of the car actually called me, and he's like, "Hey, so like, it's not nothing's going to really happen. The car's at Morris Brothers, but like it, nothing's going to really happen to it for a while. So like, let them know you're going to come pick it up, or I'll let them know you you're coming to pick it up, and uh, it'll be ready, and you can drop it off, or you can figure it out. Yeah. It's like, okay." Thank God. Cool. We almost had the shoot cancel itself. Basically. We were almost going to do it like a podcast, just like how we're doing now, but with cameras. Because that would have been our only option. And Pretty you know, much, once yeah. the transmission's out, God knows how long it's actually going to take. Oh, it's going to be months. Yeah. Yeah. So fortunately, that didn't happen. And fortunately, that also put you in the position that you had the car in your possession, which made this morning go quick and easy. It made this morning go quick and easy. And 
I mean, I'm I kind of feel like a superhero because like when I was driving around Salt Lake, just like doing like commute stuff, like I had people in like 911 turbos, like actual turbos, and like people in like other cars, like giving me like the thumbs up. Like, hey, that's cool. Oh yeah. Um, I it, so that's always a really great feeling. Um, and being able to like park that car in my garage, <laughs> it's it's a real tease of like. This could be yours, Gavin. You could have one of these if you worked hard enough and pulled yourself buff by your bootstraps hard enough. Really hard at this point with Porsche values. And I'm a, and I'm a poverty. So I'm a poor. Poverty spec Porsche, baby. Uh, I don't want that. That's that's how you go fucking bankrupt. I know. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so shout out to the owner of that car for uh, making a little boy's dream come true of having an air-cooled 911 in his garage. Uh, so when I drive home tonight, actually, cause I'm in Syracuse, you know, with Justin recording this, uh, I'll have a Fiesta ST out front yeah. <laughs> and a 911 backdate car in your actual parking spot. Yeah. That's weird. That's a weird thought. Um, but that, um, all of that, where I was getting at is that put us in the position to get everything done beautifully today. Like everything went smoothly. Yeah. Cause you met up at my place. Uh, you brought the all track. Mm-hmm. We threw the chairs in, uh, in the car. We threw the rental gear and my gear in the car. Uh, Jaden, our assistant, uh, showed up. He hopped in the Porsche. We drove down, um, to meet up with the Rossion owner and another friend of ours who was keeping an eye on the cameras, uh, while we were recording. And, uh, yeah, good vibes all around, man. Like, we got in there quick. We got our shit done. We didn't have any issues with, like, difficult lighting or anything. Stayed consistent with cloud cover the whole time. And morning light in general. It was epic. And then got back up here, and we, at this point, we'll call it a 98% done. We basically are doing this podcast in the interim between we uh, cut and edited all the footage we shot today, put it in the video, yep. and we exported it once, and we're going to do, we do a watch through with notes to check for any From beginning to end, yeah. And so we're actually going to be doing that after this, and then send it. Like, we're, we're the fact that we're basically closing in, like we started this episode, we're basically closing in on a four-year project, effectively, being it's, how long we've yeah. tried to do this. Yeah, the longest that we've, <clears throat> we've had before was the Audi video, where from the first phone call that you and I had, because you, you and I used to talk on the phone all the time, mm-hmm. like all the time, all the time, uh, from that first phone call to when the video went live was six months. Yep. I don't know, I probably messaged you on Facebook about the Rossion. And I was like, hey, I know a guy with this thing. We should go film it. Uh, Yeah, I think that was basically the extent of it. Pretty much. Uh, We first filmed it June of 2018. Mm -hmm. And now it is October of 2022. So four and a quarter. (laughs) Four and a quarter years. Yeah, almost half, but yeah. Um, Uh, And actually, come to think of it, uh, when we first tried to film and drive that car, I was in my early 20s. I'm now in my late 20s. Dude, I'm almost 30. I know. So, like, I was, at the time we tried to film it first, 23, and I'm now 27 pushing 28, if that doesn't paint the picture enough. Well, I mean, I was in my mid-20s. I was dead in the middle of my 20s, and I'm about to turn a new decade. (laughs) That's weird. That's crazy. It really doesn't feel like it's been that long. Mm, I think it does, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's been a lot of back and forth. They're like, "Oh, Jason got another hit again, or another accident." It's like motherfucker, uh, <laughs> and then that has been the running joke of the past four years is how cursed the car is. And actually, speaking of curses, well, I mentioned the GoPro uh, problems earlier. Yep. Uh, 
honestly, ever since then, it's been a hit or miss problem that we've had GoPro overheating issues, really. And granted... And it's always when I'm being filmed, too. It's never when you're being filmed. I don't know why, but for some because reason... Because the Rossion curse. Yeah. That car just hated me, and now that the car got fixed and it's all dialed and good... We're good. It, it doesn't hate me or you anymore. <laughs> or any... I mean, who knows? It just kind of hates the world, I think, I think it's probably indifferent towards Jason. It's like a cat, really. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but granted, our GoPros are all older, so it's not necessarily that surprising that they would have some sort of problems. But prior to that, we really didn't have that many problems. The problems started when we were driving back after the 2018 incident and like we had a GoPro in a mount that was rattling like crazy and we had a, in, intended to use that audio uh, from the GoPro. Uh, not knowing that it was rattly. It was rattly because it, um, the my girlfriend at the time bought me, me i think for my birthday um this metal cage mm -hmm. because like metal cages like they can take hits and they can be fine um uh, so she got no maybe it's christmas i don't know whatever it doesn't matter um i had that but it wasn't quite like form-fitted so there was like always at least a little bit of, like a vibration if you so if you want to use audio you're kind of fucked well when you're traveling at high rates of speed with four flat bottom tires with a GoPro that also is in a rattly cage. It's, it's not good. It's unusable, straight up. It's just garbage. Which is part of the reason why, even though we already knew we needed to refilm anyways, just due to not getting a lot of shit, why we ended up doing the refilm the next year to begin with. Because yeah. we couldn't use it. Yeah. Um, and I think we also, uh, I was unhappy with the roller footage that, because I was driving the car on camera yeah. for roller footage. Um, you were driving my Forester as camera car. Jason was riding shotgun. Uh, my friend Paulina was riding shotgun with me, and her boyfriend was filming. He's a film school guy. Yeah. Um, he was filming me uh, driving, like, doing rolling shots, but, like, he, I don't know. I feel like you have to have kind of a trained eye and, like, kind of do what we do in order to understand what we do. It's a very different type of shot. It's very niche. And so, so I was kind of unhappy with that. And roller footage have been kind of a, a staple of what we do mm -hmm. and so when that kind of goes wrong it's like okay we might as well do, do another shoot day yeah and and so really ever since then with that gopro issue being the start of it we've just had constant gopro issues all the way even through literally the day before filming the in-car of the rossian with the porsche yeah because it overheated with me and we had to swap cameras which is why you will see a, a slightly different look for the uh uh, the the wide uh, GoPro interior showing both myself and um, a guest, a special guest riding sh uh, shotgun. Yes, um, and we can acknowledge the guest because they might have already seen it. Uh, by now, you should have fucking seen it. If you haven't seen it, go watch what, it. What are you doing listening to us? Go watch it. <laughs> uh, death joined us on this entire shoot. It was death by my side. <laughs> Literally. And, and then when we filmed Rossi... And your side, too. Yes, and then when we filmed Rossi on, finally... We had no GoPro issues the entire time. Three GoPros running for the entire hour. Yeah, we had a GoPro on the back uh, filming the wing. We had uh, one GoPro on the driver, being you, and one GoPro uh, as a wide inside filming both you and Death. And these GoPro issues had even gone as far as, like, not just overheating, but, like, flying off cars. Like, that happened on the NSXs. That happened on uh, the well, Porsche that, that, The NSX one was my fault. I was doing yeah. 120 
with the GoPro on the front outside and the yeah. wind caught it. That was that's that's a me problem. That's I don't think that's a curse problem. I, I was just being a dingleberry. Uh, they but they should be able to withstand that. They are rated for more than that. Uh, yeah, it depends on the condition of the glass and it depends on the condition of the suction cup and the heat and the uh, atmospheric pressure and it does. But the point being that we've even had those problems on like the Porsche shoot where it came off on the Funny rear. Funny enough, though, I also had a port, um, a uh, a GoPro fly off the back of another red Porsche owned by the same person. Yep. Uh, two years before, three years before that one, fly and I drove Nate's nine six four, and the same shit happened. Yeah, fly off and go through the wing and magically not hit anything. Thank God. But yeah, like, I don't know. I maybe that maybe that's actually part of the curse because like. Yeah, we'll make your GoPro fly off. Yeah. No other repercussions. Just fuck your GoPro. Man. That's got to be it. But it it broke. So at that point, you know, we'll we'll see the next shoot, how GoPros go. But uh, being that the Rossian finished its session with zero GoPro issues with over an hour of filming, I have high hopes. And me too. And that's a great feeling to have. I mean, I have high hopes for, you know, getting this project done. I have high hopes for us. Uh, with our work ethic and, yeah. um, you know, putting putting in the effort, you know. I know. And, like, this project, um, uh, I was talking with Gavin earlier. Fortunately, I can say, like, this video um, has kind of culminated in a lot of different things we've tried to do. We've got some killer drone shots, some even killer roller shots, since you mentioned roller shots just a minute ago. Oh, with my God. The well, the ro- the Porsche. I mean, the, you, <sighs> my roller shots were great. I'll pat my own back for that, but your drone shots, dude, you've come so far in, like, so the first project we really had the you on drone was for minis, right? Yes. Um, I was lukewarm at best with with the content that you got for minis. There was one, like, really cool shot at the end of the day in East Canyon where you went down from the, the mini on the road, and you panned up, and you showed the skyline in East Canyon, and that was really, really cool. Um... But like that was kind of like that was the only one I was really happy with. Really, yeah. um, you got banger after banger after banger with uh, Porsche and, and Rossian. Thank you. Yeah, I I finally gotten used to it because it's one of those things where you get a new toy, you have a period, which is where the minis was in the middle of, where it's like I don't know quite how to control it. I don't. I'm still a you know a toddler as it were with you were learning to walk. Yeah, with just w- how to control it. Because you're not only uh, trying to control a camera, you're also controlling a thing that's flying around with independent controls to the camera. Right. So you have effectively eight different axes of potential motion. I mean, the big boys have one uh, proprietary person for gimbal, one proprietary person for camera settings, one proprietary person for the blades. Yep. It's And a director. (laughs) Yeah. And so I had to, you know, you have to kind of be all of those. And it's easy to get, I'll put it this way, it's easy to get basic functional drone shots because you can just fly towards a mountain and it'll look cool, right? Yeah. It's very different when you're trying to focus on that at the same time as a moving car on a squiggly road, so it's changing position in the frame constantly at 30 to 40 miles an hour. Right. Also, trees exist. And avoid trees and make it look like all of those are coexisting together. Right. Because so you're not shooting too much of the terrain, too much of the car. You know, you're trying to look, show the whole picture from the air. Right. And finally, this project is where I was able to do that. I was able to touch it a couple times on NSXs. There was a couple of them that worked pretty good. 
Um, but yeah, probably with the red car. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one that I gave you an idea and you ran with it for a blue car. Yep. Of like coming up and over trees, but then like tilting down to like follow the car on the road. Like it was just like a fucking great shot. This big old S curve that you know drops about a hundred feet in elevation. Yeah. Um, Super cinematic. And then finally, now I had gotten to the point that I physically felt comfortable with flying the thing and not crashing into anything. Right. Along with uh, what I actually did, which I, you know, I do actually think helped, is I rode in the car with. Which is hilarious because I tried to get you to do that before and you're like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think, I still maintain, I don't think that would have been smart when I wasn't comfortable with the drone. Yeah. But now that you are. Now that I am, yeah. I think it was great. Because you can tell me, because you're in the car with me, be like, hey, do 25 miles an hour. Hey, you can do 40. Yep. Or like, hey, drive as fast as you can through these corners because you're going to need to. Yeah. And that helped both him as a driver and me as more or less acting director when that point when I'm trying you were, to. You were a director of photography for aerial footage, 100%. And that helped it all kind of come together. Unfortunately, I also didn't get carsick. Like, um, that was one worry I had is because I have to be staring directly down at my screen. I cannot be looking up at the road. Don't even. Um... I because I have to be doing that. You, you never, going, bitch. You, you never know what's gonna happen, because um, that is one of the things that induces motion sickness is be, like feeling motion but not seeing it. Right, right. Um, but I think being able to look at a screen where there was motion happening still uh, actually probably alleviated that. Oh, that's interesting. Because normally, if you're just reading on your phone, you're not yeah. actually seeing motion. You're just reading text, right. but feeling motion. Right. This I am seeing motion still in yeah. the viewfinder. Yeah. Um, so nice little halfway point, at least. So I think that helped. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm quite proud of all of that. And th- the greatest part to me is is that we took all that drone footage. We used a ton of it, and we still had a ton we could use that would have been great. We chose some really banger bits, and if we needed more, we could have chosen more. There's like about 50 minutes of footage from each car. Mm-hmm. And then finally, actually, I think it'll be kind of cool to mention because I still need to um, like look at this and I'll do this on my own time. Uh, we ended up also using the drone to film those long borders. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> we ran into some, I think they were German? Yes. Yeah. Uh, German long borders. Uh, one was an American that was kind of like acting as a host family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um and we were, yeah, with the Porsche in Cascade Springs, and they saw the car, like, oh, this is so cool. And, like, I was kind of doing my normal thing. I was like, yeah, it's a 930 Turbo swapped car. Here's the hood. And, like, they were, like, so into it. And the placement, the sheer placement of where we were, there's a little parking lot at the top of what I endearingly call the corkscrew because it is like a corkscrew. Um, and... Uh, you were about, you were breaking out your drone just to be productive, and because that's I think the next thing we were going to do. And they're like, "Hey, can you get a shot of us?" Yeah, like with the car and like going down this hill. It's like, yeah, yeah. okay, sure. Like, <laughs> when else are we going to get this opportunity? So we got to film six longboarders and the Porsche going all down the corkscrew. Yeah, the same I was following time. behind them, and like one of them like ate dirt or whatever, <laughs> like ate shit, and I had to like go around them. And I got it on camera. You did get it on camera. Thank goodness, I didn't miss that. Look at you. Uh, so no, um, the, the wrap up of that is that like, I do believe that this film encapsulates a lot of the things that we've learned and a full growth period of that four years, cinematically, storytelling wise, car wise, like a lot of things Mm -hmm. I think do wrap up pretty well. And, um, I do think we got some of the most banger shots that we've ever gotten. I mean, we pushed ourselves 
you know, pretty hard on this project with uh, quality control. Um, you know, just maintaining a level of of professionalism with with what we're you know turning out. Um, we also made it a point to ourselves. <clears throat> I had to make it a point. Um, to keep things concise, keep it like not brief, but like you know, don't bore us. Get to the chorus. I know. mean, I would say it's a combination of you and other like other outside influences and even things. there was a dinner that i had with somebody that we yeah. had a conversation about this and i relayed it to you yeah and I, I, it's something that i think we've both felt both felt on and off for a minute just with how long some of our projects have gotten yeah the audi film was an hour and 45 minutes yeah and although i think that's cool as a feature piece it at the same time probably could have been an hour even we could probably could have cut well we board. we rambled at the end quite a bit, bit. Um, there were probably some things with like my R8 piece things, uh, RS5 was somewhat concise. It was about 12 minutes, I think, if I remember correctly. For two people talking at once, that's not terrible. Yeah. Um, and each of our- Probably the S, I mean, the S8, you did have to like lay down a lot of stuff though. Yeah. Because it's the first. And each of us, each of those bits were about- 10 minutes in car roughly right um, and then but then you had an additional 10 minutes in between each of those right and i think that's probably where we could have trimmed the fat with like roundtable discussion yeah and and whereas with this one each one of our in-car reviews is down to eight minutes and each one of our in-betweens is only down to about five yeah and it really it is, brought it's the piece just two together. cars yeah it really brought the piece together and i think that is going to be key i think we can still do longer stuff but i think longer stuff needs to have certain elements a lot more than existed in like the audi film mm -hmm. to keep it good um because mm -hmm. uh there, there is a place for that otherwise movies wouldn't exist right sure um but um i think this will allow us to condense things like we did here have a place for that and then also on our longer stuff which will still be like 30 minutes to an hour um, even though it won't be an hour and a half, which is fine. Um, keep cinematically and uh, storytelling-wise a lot more going on than we used to. Yeah, 100%. We, oh, I mean, we use music now, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Audi's was the first that we really, like, pushed mm -hmm. for music for the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And each car had a specific theme song, and that actually worked really well. It did. Um, and Oh, you and I were, like, you know, just cheering from excitement, like, when we were actually putting that together like how does this work so well you know what's funny is ever since then and some of them have taken a minute ever since then all of our intros we've ended up finding killer <clears throat> excuse me killer songs for the intros mm -hmm. like that fit we got the a vibe. good one today yes <laughs> it's definitely uh keeping with the season as yeah. it were for the, at the end of october yeah that just has all kind of come together really well. We had a little more mystique for R32s. We had like a classic jingle jingle type of song for the minis. We have mm -hmm. th this one, which well, is more for your mini. Uh, for mine, was definitely more classic rock. Oh no, I'm talking about the intro, which was an entirely different song. Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit more uh, kind of uh, buzzy and happy, kind of like those cars are. Right. And then this being how scary they are, spooky season. And then the Audis was a little bit more like almost documentary style it was serious it was definitely more serious i mean i got i sometimes still go back and watch you know specific parts of that film like sometimes i want to relive that r8 experience i'll go back and watch that yeah um i'll also 
go back and watch the intro because I get chills sometimes of like how well that worked. And like it was definitely like a more serious documentary style thing. But like just the way the vibe with like the music, with the old classic footage from like the old racing stuff and old, you know, Audi footage and stuff. Um, and that was the first time we'd attempted to do and, that. But th- that was the first time we did that. And also sprinkling in like our own footage, like towards the end of it, of like kind of bleeding into like, OK, now this is our own thing and we're making our own film. And here's. Here are the cars that we have featured. I know. And the three times we've done that, which would be that, R32s, and Mini, actually four, and NSXs. We've done yeah. that on four things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really do that on this one, but you'll, I think you'll you'll see, and hopefully you'll agree, this had its own feel. It was great. Yeah. Um, but that has worked out super well, and it, and it kind of is almost its own little trailer for the video, but it's the beginning of the video. Right. And Oh, yeah. And it works. <laughs> it, we it, should actually just export like that intro and just drop it tonight. Yeah. Like on our Instagram or something. Yeah. Because this is about, yeah, it's pretty short. It's about two minutes total, I think. Yeah. So, well, cool. Well, that being said, we should probably get to watching. Uh, yeah. It, and it's like 6.30. So, um, let's dip out of here. But, uh, well, it's getting into winter. It's the end of October. Yep. We have hoodies for sale still. Uh, we have talked about them here in the past, but uh, we have hoodies. We have hats. We are still sitting on merch. So, uh give us money and we'll give you things in return. Yes? Transaction. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes that's how transactions work. So, uh hoodies are 50 mm-hmm. bucks. Yep. Uh we got hats for 25. Uh 20 or 20? Oh, yep. well, look at that screaming deal. Yep. <laughs> I give you best deal, Habibi. Yep, and then um, stickers for $3. Um they're 3? Yes. Or 5. Um 5. I'd have to check. It's I been think, a minute since I've looked I at our merch store. Five. But either way, um they're really not Bad, especially they're for... a high quality sticker though. I've had them. I have had one on the outside of my Fiesta going through rain and snowstorms and car washes, and like it still looks brand fucking new. Yeah, they're great. So. Fortunately, we've made an effort, and that's the reason why things aren't dirt cheap to make sure that each of these pieces are actually quality uh, from the stickers. Yeah, on... I don't want to attach my name to just some like snake oil bullshit. No, like, fuck that. And sadly, quality costs money, for better yeah. or for worse. And uh, yeah. You know, we would rather sell you that and sell you a shirt that's going to last you 10 years than sell you one that's like, oh, yeah, we're a year in and it's threadbare. Right. Right. So take, you know, if you look at the prices and you're like, eh, I don't know. Take it's pr- worth it. Trust me. Trust it's me. It. And I'm not just saying that these are. Because aren't... also, how would we look if we had a YouTube channel that was based on like the quality and integrity of a product and then we delivered things that fall apart immediately? Yeah. Like, how about would that look? Yeah. No. And. As a final thing, all of our stuff is made locally as well. It's not an internet. We don't order off of the internet, and that's not a problem. Like, you can do that, and there's a place and time for that. But all of our stuff is, like, sourced from yeah, local, local people. Yeah, local dude, Dylan is his name, mm-hmm. uh, made the stickers. Um, you have a guy locally that you uh, stumbled upon his T-shirt business through a Mexican restaurant that's a local business. Yep. And then, which you, is also the also another local business too. Yep. And then you stumbled. Uh, happened to know. Um, uh, what's his name? Sorry, I'm spacing it. Uh, Brandon, for the hats. Uh oh, Ben. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Ben. All right. And I know him through uh, local uh, like drift event stuff and like uh, Cam Auto Mag people. And so we fortunately found these local connections that are all local small businesses yeah. that are great to work with. And guess what? Local small businesses have more expenses as far as a percentage than the big ones. Oh, yeah. So we're more than happy to be supporting them versus like going out and spending cheaper money and worse, but getting worse quality in return from some huge online merchant. Right, right. So that being said, go buy our shit. 
Thank you for doing so if you already have. And also, also that. Yeah, thanks thanks for supporting us. Uh, thank you to the owners of all the vehicles that we've driven this year and that we've driven in general uh, for supporting our passion for – please excuse me. Ooh, that was a wet one. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to have like an endearing moment, like a like a moment here. Um, no, but seriously, thank you to everyone who has like supported us in some way, whether it's been devoting your time. I mean, we I just called Jason, um, not the Rossian owner, but other Jason. Yep. Watch Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, last night I, I hit him up on Facebook and I was like, "Hey man, what are you doing tomorrow? Can you please help me with the thing?" Hey, thanks. Bye. Um, and he like dropped his plans for a Saturday to come help like join. Granted, it was a fun experience, but like he's also taking time to help do something for us. Yeah, and he took photos like behind the scenes. We shared photos on our Instagram uh, like just tonight about that stuff. So, um, yeah, thank you to everyone who's like devoted time, devoted uh, energy, devoted cars. Um, you know, a- a- anything yeah. to us. It-, it really does mean a lot. So, uh, thanks for that. Um, and go watch our video, damn it. We need the Google ad rev so I can put gas in my car. <laughs> That'll be the day. It's, it's, it's happened before. Yes. <laughs> I've needed it before. <laughs> yep. Um, no, but seriously, thank you all for uh, listening to this. Thank you all for watching our programs in the past and in the future as well. Thank you in advance. And uh, we'll see you next week when we have more things to talk about. Yep. Yes? Yes. Cool. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.